You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. I mean, stop singer. Toss on off the first. In time to get seven. Three-run homer. Robinson can off the lefty specialist, Fernando Abad. And the Mariners lead it five to four. Goodbye baseball. Straight away, center field. Cano and Cruz go back to back. And the king, when the Mariners needed him the most, two hits over seven. Scoreless innings. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. Hey, welcome back, Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Great to have you with us. Great to be back home after a really very strange and long road trip, but a winning road trip for the M's. They come home six and four on the season, and now we'll play the Oakland A's. Houston Astros will preview the homestand coming up on the podcast tomorrow. In the podcast today, we'll talk about the two games in Kansas City where the Mariners got the series. It was a great visit to the Negro League Museum uh, in Kansas City. Uh, a few of us went, including James Paxson and D. Gordon. D. Gordon's going to talk about that visit. We'll have more on that, too, in the next uh, few days. Just a tremendous visit. If you're ever in Kansas City, you have got to go. In fact, it's worth making the trip to Kansas City make that part of the trip it's it's fantastic so d gordon's going to talk about the visit there also mike blowers will talk about just this homestand and kind of what it means or this road trip what it means for the mariners given the circumstances you know the weather uh, the day games missing essentially half the starting lineup offensively and to have a winning road trip after all of that all the adversity so he'll talk about that coming up in a few minutes as well. So let's get to game two of the series. After Mariners fell in game one, it was all Kansas City in game one, 10 nothing. Game two, Mariners get the win 8-3. to Felix Hernandez was solid, his third start of the season, and he was very good in this one. Gave up a two-run home run to Mike Moustakas, but other than that, very sharp. He ends up going five and two-thirds, six hits, three runs earned, a walk, three strikeouts, that home run on over 90 pitches. And Felix, pretty pleased about his effort against the Kansas City Royals. How important to bounce back, kind of get, get back to back in the group? Oh, man, really important for me. I was happy. I, was not, I wasn't that happy with the homer, Mutakas. I mean, it's horrible to stay up, but I was really, bad, really good about that. What was different about this time out? Fastball command. I was throwing... Down in the corners. I was painting the corners, so that was really good. You still kind of came out of the gates and you were throwing everything, though. Was there something that you kind of. It was. To yeah, I mean, I'm trying to, you know, first inning is the key for me. And just if I get out of there, I probably had a good game. So, And um, after that, we throwing a lot of fastball down the way, finding me in, and then next with the breaking balls and change it. So it was, a, it was a good plan. How is that helping your changeup right now? And none of them were if, recorded for hits tonight. If I tell you, I, I wasn't that good tonight. It was sometimes it was I threw like I threw good ones like three or four, but it was it was up and it was moving all over the place. But good good kid was my fastball. 
think you got out of the first inning, but it cost you 25 pitches. How aware of that were you to try and kind of so you could get deeper in the game? I mean, there were a lot of fouls. Huh? Mm-hmm. It was tough, tough fouls. But, you know, after that, like, like I said, talk to me. I was like, you know, get some quick outs and you'll be fine. How do you get quick outs? With a good sinker. Gives you guys a nice boost. Well, yeah, I mean the whole the whole team, the whole offense. They were really good today. Yeah, I appreciate that. And you managed to miss all the freezing temperatures. It wasn't that bad today. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't that, that cold. Yes, it was really cold. So. <laughs> the stars are just hang hang on there. This is the second home against Mike Kerbal. They're hanging. It was last year too. Hmm. So there it was Felix Hernandez talking about the win against Kansas City, his outing. And he's right. The offense was excellent. Robinson Cano continues to sizzle. Granfielder's on the right side. Shift is on. Swinging a drive deep into straightaway center field. Orlando going back, looking up, and this one is off the top of the wall. Scoring is Segura from third. Cano in its second base, standing up with a double. And a run batted in his fourth RBI of the year. And it's now the Mariners' four. And the Royals nothing, and three runs are in here in the top half of the second. What a shot by Robbie Cano. Yeah, Hanniger had a couple of ribbies. Seager drove in two, and then Gene Segura, a single, a double, and a triple in the ball game. He had a huge game offensively. Here's a swing and a drive into the gap in left center field, and this one is going and going off the base of the wall. Extra bases for Segura. Vogelbach scoring from third, around to third. Gordon, he's heading home. He'll score. And the throw in is going to be cut off by the shortstop, Escobar. Segura slides in safely at third with a two-out, two-run triple. And the Mariners now lead Kansas City 3 to nothing. They would win 8-3. to three. The bullpen was ridiculous in this one. Alta Villa continues to be just outstanding. A little bit of trouble in the sixth inning that he walked into, but he had no problems getting out of. The 2-2 pitch. Swung on and missed. A helpless cut at a heater at 96. He blew it right on by Orlando with the bases loaded, and Alta Villa dances out of trouble here in the sixth inning. Nice job by Altavilla. And then Edwin Diaz is hes just ridiculous right now. He is on a, an entire different level, striking out nearly everyone he faces. Ahead in the count, here is the 1-2 pitch. Swing and a miss for strike three. Strikes out El Monte. Diaz strikes out the side here in the bottom of the ninth. And the Mariners beat the Royals tonight here in Kansas City at Kauffman Stadium. A final score of 8-3. Holy smokes, 11 strikeouts. In four appearances for Edwin Diaz, nicknamed Sugar, how sweet it is. And the Mariners take the middle game of this three-game series, now tied at one win apiece. So a chance to get a series win in the finale, a chance to make it a winning road trip, and a really good pitching matchup. James Paxton, Danny Duffy, Mariners would get two in the first inning. Duffy a little bit wild. He would settle in and pitch great. Meanwhile, James Paxton was excellent as well. In fact, he tied a career high in punchouts. Paxton set from the stretch. Here's the 0-2 pitch to Orlando. Swung on and missed. The cutter, he cuts right on through. And Paxton has tied his career high. Strikeout number 10 here in Kansas City. He has dealt all game long. And he walks to the dugout out of trouble here in the sixth inning. James Paxton, six innings, six hits, two runs, give up a two-run double. That was the only blemish. One walk, ten strikeouts, 
on 102 pitches, ties the career high. But this game was tied late, 2-2, into the eighth inning. At that point, they really made Duffy work in the first, so the fact that he was outstanding uh, after that, but they made him work, so his pitch count elevated. He goes five and a third overall, one earned run. But that set the table for Kyle Seeger, who would give the Mariners the lead that they would keep. And the 1-1 to Seager. Curve swing and a fly ball into right field and deep. Solaire to the warning track near the wall. Leaps up and it's gone. Goodbye baseball. Into the Kansas City bullpen. Kyle Seager with a two-out, two-run home run here in the top of the eighth. Giving the Mariners a 4-2 lead in the ball game. What an afternoon for Kyle Seager. Yeah, he driving three. Mariners get the win. Paxton, great. Bullpen, excellent. Seagert, couple hits, three RBIs. Very, very nice afternoon as the Mariners win 4-2. to two. They take the series, a winning road trip, something they can be very, very happy about. Here's what the skipper said after the ballgame. Long road trip, good road trip. <laughs> Cold road trip, a winning road trip. A lot happening. Yeah, we'll have a happy trip. flight home. Uh, good ballgame. Uh, James Paxton really threw the ball well, um, had the 10 strikeouts. I thought, you know, even the, the double he gave, the two-run double he gave up, I mean, even those guys getting on base that inning, there was a couple scratch hits. But, uh, uh, you know, nice comeback for our ball club. We didn't get much going after, um, you know, Duffy settled in. He got the change up and the curveball going. He, he was tough to hit. Fortunately, we got his pitch count up there early and were able to get him out of the game. And, you know, big hit by Seager. Um, you know, Seager swung the bat good today. And, I think he's one been really good in this whole series. They get a ton of hits, but the ones he did were big ones, and certainly no bigger than the one today. So how big was the at bat from Mitch before that? Yeah, really. You know, that, that sometimes that gets kind of shuffled under the rug. Everybody looks at the home run, but you know he, he gets the hanging curveball. He just pulls it foul, almost gets his own home run. But I think sometimes when you hit a ball like that, it really locks you in, and I think it did then. It's the best. Uh, the timing wise, he had after that, laid off some close pitches, and then you know got on base and set it up for Seeks. How important was it to, to see James get through that sixth inning on a first and third? He gets himself out of that, pushing through another inning. Oh, uh, he's you know Pax is one of the guys that his stuff really doesn't back off. You know, he's in great shape. He works his tail off. He's ready to go 110, 120 pitches. But uh, you know there was plenty left in the tank, so there was really no no uh, hesitation about leaving him out there and letting him finish. It was his ball game. And able to let uh, Nicasio finish yet. In and out of trouble again, but he gets it done. Yeah, Juan's interesting. Uh, <laughs> he's uh, behind the edge of my seat. Uh, you know, he's done it a couple times on this trip. But, you know, he, he kind of gets into trouble, and then he really locks in and, and makes pitches. Um, it wasn't ideal, you know, the matchups there, where they were coming. Duda falling behind the count to him. But he made a great pitch, got the pop-up, and then, you know, got through the inning. So, uh, you know, really nice to get, the, you know, Nakasha, get Eddie back out there, and, and Eddie has been lights out. He continues to do a great job. We've talked quite a bit about Robbie's bat early on in the season, but his glove as well. You know, you go to the defensive replacement on kind of a day off for him, and he's... No, I think, yeah, and it's funny. I made a comment to Robbie uh, after the game last night. Actually, after the first game here, uh, the ball game we, we lost, um, I thought he's moving as good, especially to his left, than I've seen since I've been here. Really, it's kind of what he looked like in 2016. You know, last year he dealt with the leg problems early in the season, and he has worked his tail off, and he knows that he needs to get back up to a certain standard there range-wise, and, and he's been really good defensively. Right, considering the guys you're missing, we're hitting four and three on this trip and going home Record, pretty good. Uh, yeah, you know, our guys uh, up and down the lineup, but particularly the top of our lineup, has been outstanding on this entire trip and really, you know, driving driving the train here uh, offensively for us. And, 
you know, the pitching, uh, bullpen guys have done a nice job. Um, I like where the club's at, and we still aren't at full strength yet. So we're in a good spot, kind of under the radar, and we're okay with that. So you said earlier this year about Seager's slow starts not to talk about it. I don't think we've heard him mention it once. Has he, he been like that around you guys not talking about his slow starts this season? Just playing games, yeah. And, and Kyle feels good about his swing. Um, it's just a timing thing once in a while. It gets... Uh, not as consistent as he would like it to be, but the, the couple changes he made mechanically, he feels really good about it. You know, he's, he's starting to get some results too, and then driving the ball. That was a huge home run. That ball was up in the air forever. And I think we had just enough wind to help him out today. But uh, you know, big hits. Um, that's what that's what Seeds is about. And hopefully, we'll get a few more here and we get back on the homestand. Yeah, no doubt about it. Big homestand coming up, and we'll talk about that in the podcast tomorrow. Right now, though, Mike Blowers kind of breaks down what this road trip meant, a winning road trip. We talked before the win, but then kind of speculating about them with a chance to win the series and make it a winning road trip. So here he is, Mike Blowers. I've heard a couple of people already mention it, some of them this morning, that the Mariners have played nine games, and it seems that the season's been going on for a month now. <laughs> I I, and I think this, this road trip has a lot to do with it. Um, we've talked about it. You know, the three openers, um, the days off, the weather – um, the travel, all those different things, the different times for the games. It's just been really strange. And I think overall, when you consider the injuries that the guys have, have suffered in that clubhouse and, and what they've had to do, I think having an opportunity uh, to have a winning road trip, I think says a lot about what's going on. And just, you know, the normal start of the season, trying to get your feet on the mm-hmm. ground and, and, and moving forward. So, you know, finally Felix had his third start. Paxton will get his third start today. We're starting to get there, Gary. But I, I think overall you have to be happy with the way the road trip has gone overall, especially if they're able to win this game today and you get on the plane with a winning trip uh, for a nice homestand. I, I think that with the day off tomorrow for them, uh, give them a chance to reflect, regroup, and, and kind of push forward from there. No, I totally agree. I mean, a winning trip under any circumstances yeah. is a good trip, and especially under these circumstances – all the better, well, but what, 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 when you think about this this road trip and the team, and, and let's 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 go out on a limb and assume they're going to win today, so it's a winning road trip. What has impressed you the most uh, as far as this trip goes overall? Well, because it has been so strange. Yeah, to me, it's the offense, and not only what it is and the fact they're still scoring runs, but potentially what it can be because they're able to score runs without Cruz, without Zanino. I mean, they're missing half their lineup at this point, and they're still able to put runs on the board. You put all that lineup together, to me that becomes an incredibly potent lineup up and down, one through nine, and a chance to score a ton of runs on a consistent basis. To me, that really stands out. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think that when I think about it, and you mentioned it without Cruz and Zanino and Gamble and now Ryan Healy, um, basically the front half of your lineup, the job that you put it on those guys, they're the veteran guys. Mm-hmm. They've really come through in a huge way, and that's not always the case, and it's not always easy at the beginning of the year, but they've been fantastic, including D. Gordon at the top um, of the order for them. So I, I would agree with that. The other part to me is, is you never know about bullpens, Gary. Yes. You, know, you think that you have something, but you're not really sure. Uh, but the bullpen right now, in large part because of Edwin Diaz, they're <laughs> averaging 10 strikeouts per nine innings. It's been dominant overall. Um, a couple of guys have had a hiccup here and there, but I think for the most part you have to feel really good about where the bullpen is. Also, especially if you have a lead and you get through five or six innings, that those guys are going to lock it down. I think that there's a lot of confidence in this club because of that, and I think that is huge as you move forward. You make a great point, and especially with the loss of Phelps, I think in particular Altavilla is huge for this team. And he, I mean, last night is a great example, comes into a tight spot. He's great. 
He, he's been terrific, and it's another one of those things where you see two young players. I mentioned Diaz, a couple of guys, and we've talked about it, starters in double-A, but they seem to both have taken that next yeah. step forward and have just been dominant, and that's something that you have to feel really good about. And now Scott has a problem, too, is just trying to get these guys some work in, mm. the rest of those guys, because they've, they've just been terrific. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, Diaz is just silly right now. Good stuff. Thanks, Blow. Yep. And a really special visit to the Negro uh, League Museum which was it is always fantastic. Here's D. Gordon talking about the trip with Shannon Dreyer. For D. Gordon, it was a return visit, but as inspiring as ever. It's pretty cool, man, to see you know uh, what guys went through, their charisma, their their character. You know, you know it takes it takes a lot to be able to go out there and you know not play for a whole lot, but be able to have a lot of fun doing it and. It's kind of why I have so much fun playing, like, you know, uh, through them helping me become who I am because of the way they play. It's pretty amazing, so I love it. Those are stories that are not widely known. How did you first hear about the Negro Leagues? Uh, you know, my dad told me some things about it. Got my granddad telling me some things, uh, uncles as well. But uh, I got a book my rookie year, and I started reading up on it a lot. And I still had a book, actually. But then when I went there in 2014, I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. It's, it's way different from what the book could ever tell you. What did you want to see when you read the book? What did you want to learn more about? Uh, just the guys. Like, I, like each in the book, it was like a paragraph, each guy. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it told the story, but not the whole thing. So I just wanted to know the whole thing. Now, when you went through the museum, I noticed there was a player that really caught your eye. Cool Papa Bell, that's your yeah, guy. That's my guy. Yeah, Cool Papa, that's my guy. And why is he your guy? He fast, he can hit, <laughs> and he fast. <laughs> and now I play outfield just like him, so it's pretty cool. What are some of the stories you've heard about him? The best one was Satchel's uh, story about him being able to turn out the light you know, get in bed, tuck himself in, and be asleep before the light cuts off. Are you that fast? Totally not that fast. <laughs> uh, it was pretty cool to hear today about how he would never, how Jesse Owens, the fastest man in the world, um, would, he would be our modern-day Usain Bolt, would never race him because, you know, he had a, that's how he made his money. He can't get beat because then somebody else would take over for him. You wear your socks high, and that yeah. I didn't know that's why. Yeah, that's why. Uh, I saw that when I went there in 2014. I told uh, Sean Figgins, I was like, I'm going I'm to wear my pants up on day games, like just like they did. And he was like, all right, do it. And I've been doing it ever since. To go through there with a teammate, to see James Paxson, I talked to him, and he just, the stories got him, and, and just kind of things that were so different about playing back then got him. What was it like to have him there? It was cool. I told him about it a few days ago, you know, just talking to him, you know, thinking the dugout or the locker room, and I asked him, did he want to come? And he said, yeah, and I made sure I texted him this morning, told him I was going to be there, and uh, he came, and it was good for him to uh, see, you know, a different side of it. He said he's working on a trouble pitch. Yeah, he needs to, uh, he needs to start naming his pitches. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, uh, obviously anybody who comes to Kansas City should go to this museum. Tell, tell a little bit why. Everybody should go, man. Uh, if you're a baseball fan, you should definitely go because it shows your side of the game that nobody knows. Uh, honestly, a lot of the stories 
that have been tell, told in the history books about the major leagues are actually a lot, a lot of fiction. <laughs> a lot of it actually started with the Negro Leagues, and if you go to this museum, you can see the dates and times, and then you line them up with what you see in the major leagues. They did it first. A lot of it, a lot, a lot of it, uh, and people don't know that. They think, you know, the first time any of this stuff happened was in the majors. It's totally not true. So if you if you say you're a baseball fan, and we all know baseball fans, they have a lot of, they like to, let me put this in the right way, they like to voice their opinions a lot. And a lot of their opinions are wrong because a lot of their opinions was passed down to them through wrong information. And so I think they need to get the right information. It's a huge piece of the game's history and this country's history and a very important stop. Thank you for sharing, Dee. Thank you. Terrence Long is lead over at first. Here comes a 3-2 pitch on the way. Swung on and a ground ball punched into right field for a base hit. So heading to third base is long the throw to third base and they've got him nailed at third base on a tremendous throw by Ichiro. I'm here to tell you that Ichiro threw something out of Star Wars down there at third base. He fired a shot about three feet off the ground all the way on the fly to David Bell and Terrence Long was D.O.A. What a throw. See you later. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 